Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What was your reaction to not only your suspension, uh, but also those doled out to the, the players out there, especially Kella? What was your reaction? You know, I've, I've been on the phone. I've shared my thoughts. Um, get an opportunity here to connect with the players a little bit later. Um, there was a lot going on here this afternoon. I think we just need to sit down and process it. Uh, the commissioner's office was very descriptive in their definition of why. Uh, there's a process that can be in place for players to appeal. So if we walk through that together, um, I'm, not in the, I'm not in the business of trying to figure all that other out. The commissioner's office, is, it's just, there's a lot going on up there when they've got to work through these situations. Um, and they're definitely of the opinion that we need to change the focus, focus back on the game and not the fighting that goes on sometimes within the game. Um, and to take a firm stand against this becoming a deterrent to future, anything that could happen in the future. So I understand that completely. But does that mean that, I mean, you see these guys in a week or two, I mean, does that cut off? Do you have to change the way you your approach? You know, you guys like pitching a certain way, and you, you know, the guys that have come through here the last month have talked about the line between, you know, Council and, and, and Joe, and some of the other guys talk about the line between up and in is fine, but if the guys don't know where it's going, that's a problem. Yeah, unfortunately, you, you know, I shared with this group and the group that was with me in Cincinnati, and you, you're not there, but the industry in and of itself has started elevating the baseball, and it's encouraged to elevate the baseball. A lot of times we don't have the time to command the baseball as long as we're elevated. Some of these guys change streams in, in one offseason. So I, I'm in complete agreement. We don't, we don't teach people to pitch up and in. We don't throw at people's heads. When that happens, yes, I'm accountable and responsible. I'm not this guy behind the curtains pulling all these levers. Men go out and pitch. And we have thrown pitches that have, they look, they look like they're in bad spots. We've also had our fair share of pitches thrown in bad spots. Um, but as I shared with this group the other day, I've been hit in the head three times. I know what it feels like. It's horrible. So we're not going to change our pitching plan. We want to command the ball better is what we want to do. Um, when you pitch down and you miss away, it's no problem. And you pitch in and you gets away, you hit guy in the leg or the ribs or something. It's different than hit, hitting somebody in the head or that fine line. We're all on the same page. Um, so... Our attack plan, we're still going to try and be aggressive. We need, we're giving up a lot of homers. We're not trying to hit people. We're trying to make pitches that are, that are better suited for not hitting homers. And we're having some complications along those lines. That's, that's the reality of what's going on. Um, so we're going to continue to work on it to get better at it. Clint, um, once, a, once a team, I guess, gains somewhat of a reputation, 
I know you all say feelings are facts, but how much do you even think about that at all when you and Ray and you, you guys are putting together pitching plans of, hey, people think we're doing this, or does it even matter in your course of what you have to do? First of all, I wouldn't say nothing matters, but we don't think about it. It's not a conversation we have. We know what we need to do. I can show you attack plans on hitters from other organizations, how they go at their hitters. Where the hot zones are and where they're not, where you need to pitch. So we're going to plan accordingly. Um, the people that have become elite in the game over the years have shown the ability to handle the inside part of the plate, whether it's pitching inside or off or hitting the ball, if it's inside or not. So there's never been a concern or not a lack of concern about just random wildness and just rogue mentality. It's never been talked about. It's not an identity. It's not a character uh, trait. Um, and again, I'm going to tell you as frank as I can, I can't control what other people's perceptions are. I'm not going to waste my time nor my energy. What works for us pitching is to be aggressive to both sides of the plate. For strikes, for pitches off. Hitters chase pitches that aren't in the strike zone. Um, and to continue to do that professionally and game appropriately. That's the best I can give you, pal. You mentioned in Cincinnati you'd have a chat with Keone about what he did, maybe what he said post-game. How did that go? Do you feel like the intended message was received? We're waiting to have it after this game because I, I never had the, the opportunity. The next day I was quite busy the next morning. Um, and I had an off day yesterday. And actually, I've been quite busy this afternoon since I walked in today. So we chatted it up and we'll connect. With, with Jung Ho, was it just the, the downtime, the time missed? Was it just something that he just never seemed to kind of get anything consistently going once he, he did get back up? That seemed to be, that's our take on it. Love the, the growth of the man off the field. Love the growth of the man in the clubhouse. Uh, defensively, his game came back to him. We talked the other day, he's made one error at shortstop. And when we had a conversation spring training whether he even played shortstop. Third base, he handled himself professionally there. Um, he's handling himself professionally with everything but consistency with the bat. We talked about that in this office. It's August now. Opportunities were given. The number of bats we felt were fair. We're, we're, we're fair, very fair on getting some traction, getting some consistency. Three straight games in New York, you know, another push to try and get after it. And as hard as he's tried and the work that he's put in, it hasn't transferred into the game right now. So that's the hard part because at one time, most of us that were around three years ago, we saw a guy come in here and was a significant player for a, a significant addition to the lineup with a power component that was real and a style of play that worked. Um, the time away, though, seemed to has affected more offensively than defensively. Part of this, too, making the move now, this sort of focus on looking forward to others 2020, getting opportunities for guys like Jose and Pablo. Yeah, that's part of it. It's August, though, too. The number of bats are what they are, and we haven't seen a significant spike. Um, Jose Osuna, you've seen a significant spike. Pablo's gone down to everything he's, we've asked him to do down there for a significant amount of time. Eric Gonzalez has played back through. The, his health is good. He's moved around the field. He's ready to go. Um, so we'll see what kind of support the three of those guys can bring with the opportunity to have more bats. We saw the numbers on Brault's um, rehab out of What did you kind of hear from Heidi Look and what went on with him? Yeah, we first time back for Steven and since July, 
you all know Steven. I think he was geared up and ready to go. Maybe more geared up than he even thought he'd be. A lot of guys go down saying, ah, oh, it's a triple-A game. I don't think there's any such thing with, with Steven when he goes down. So we saw some fastball command glove side that was good. Some arm side stuff got away. Adrenaline was in play. Both the breaking pitches were working. The changeup was working. Talked to Hickerson on the phone today. Talked to Espo on the phone. So there was some good to glean out of it, and there was some rust on it. That's kind of where we are right now, and we'll have more conversations about what's next for him. Okay, so you don't have it planned out? With... We'll have more conversations on, on what's next for him. No, we don't have anything planned out right now. When uh, Rob's fine reporting yesterday indicated that JMO is done for this season, I'm just curious if there's anything from the team standpoint. Is that, you know, you well done, Rob. I missed that. <laughs> anyway, we should. Catch. It was well done. You should read it. Yeah. <laughs> Subscribe to the Athletic. I heard they hit 500,000. We're wasting movies. a lot of time here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to talk around there. I appreciate it. Is there, any, is there an update on Jameson as, as far as his progress? Is he going to need surgery? Todd came in. I had a quick conversation today. I'm expecting to get more conversation. And any conversation or any update should come from Todd or come from Jameson. And I expect it will shortly. Thank you. You've had, in addition to these suspensions for the, the brawl fight, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it, you had Keone suspended before that, and then mm -hmm. your bullpen coach suspended. How, how do you approach the aftermath of that? Do you do you need, do you see it? You know, do you worry sometimes, or think sometimes there might be a situation, a bigger picture situation that might be addressed, uh, whether you want to call it accountability or discipline or whatever, or does it, or do you let the team police itself in those matters, or how do you approach that kind of thing? The vibe of the clubhouse, the mood, the temperature. Well, like, again. We do things internally more often than not. Mm -hmm. And I think you look for common fabric, if there is some. You look for outliers, if that's what they are. Um, individual conversations are always best served. And there's a leadership group out there that I stay in contact with and connect with and, and talk to about. Um, so at the end of the day, as I even shared with you in Cincinnati, all of this ends up on my shoulders, and I got to look for, did I miss something? Was I not um, aware uh, enough of a situation that maybe, whether it be policy, whether it be conversation, whether it be setup, could be improved? I'm always looking for an opportunity to learn through the challenges, mm -hmm. to be realistic about what we, where we've come up short if something like this happens, and then where we can improve moving forward. Um, there's a, we went through this basically to some degree the spring training of 18 with, with David and, and Josh and their comments mm -hmm. and I shared a book with you already, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday many times you see the obstacle and everybody freaks out well sometimes you read, you learn about the obstacle and you find better opportunities moving forward on how to not fall into those situations again so you need to be realistic about what's happened deal with it systematically, um, and then look for the ways to improve, improve it moving forward. Um, yeah, before this, we were trying to think of the suspensions. I think we had Russell Martin, we had Travis Snyder in a fight, and we may have had Sean Rodriguez for an altercation in, in Cincinnati. But for eight years, it's been very minimal, and then this year we've had more than, probably more than our first year. And it's especially rare to see you know, team-issued suspensions. I mean, yeah, because. sure. Agreed. It may have been the first two times we've had team-issued suspensions since I've been here. Wow. Yeah.
so no red flag of a, of a bigger picture issue with those maybe or when you because you, when you issue team suspensions that's something that it does catch your eye well agreed and both of them were talked about in the in the what the contract uh, mm -hmm. so yeah. you deal with those internally I mean, if you had a situation go on with you, would you want it public, or would you hope your organization or your, your policy would, would handle it privately? True. So I think that's where we all kind of sit. Lessons to be learned, things to be figured out. And way back in the day, you know, if you made a mistake, admit it, don't do it again. Um, move on. Um, I know often we talk about how much time is spent together with the baseball team, 162 games, spring training going back to February. Just all those times. I mean, how do you kind of throughout just kind of deal with conflicts in general, not necessarily specific to those two situations, but just in general, knowing you have to see these people every single day? Guys that have been around, we actually try and, and control is the word that, that, that gets used, but we meet for an advanced scouting report every third or fourth day. If there's anything going on with the club, it can it usually is brought up at that time as well. It's we have a two five minute program with everybody. Then we split off offensive pitching. Uh, so if there's any topics that are hot, current, funny, controversial, they're shared there either uh, you know by me or coaching staff or players and sometimes the support of the comments come from the players sometimes the direction comes from me sometimes the interaction is within the group so it's kind of like it's not we wait for something to happen and then react after we're always trying to, to move through it so when we get together it's not an outlier we get together because we do have conversations and we do try and keep our finger on the pulse of everything that makes sense or that, that matters um, because it is it's a long season and, and different things can happen throughout the course of the season, and your game plans can change, and the direction of your season can change. So you try and make sure you're staying proactive with it rather than simply reactive with it. Clint, they didn't uh, uh, Neil elected not to trade Flip Vasquez. What message that send to the clubhouse? Say, hey, we're going to keep a, a, a lockdown closer, you know, in hopes of being competitive again, if not this year. Next I year. don't need to reiterate Neil's words. He's kind of scripted out very, very succinctly about what his thoughts are. It's about us competing in the future. Before, this is a high-end reliever at the end of the game that makes a difference when you get there. We've got to find ways to get there more often. And he's one of the best in the game. And uh, when you think back, we've moved some high-end relievers. It, in, in Neil's identification, appropriate times, and it's, he's been really pretty good with this. Um, so our trust in him is, is good and it's solid. And I still think it sends a positive message to the guys in the clubhouse that you know, we're always going to focus on winning now because you don't just come out here to play. You come out here to win games. Sometimes it's harder than others. However, it also bodes well for the future that you got a guy that you think your club's going to be in a better place next year at the start of the year than maybe it is right now to put away games for you at the end. Quite along those lines, I mean, you guys are having a rough second half here. When you have what happened the other night, do you worry that will have a snowball effect here moving forward the next two weeks, as you say? try to win games? No, I don't. I, absolutely, I don't. Matter of fact, the vibe in the clubhouse, sometimes you never know what what adversity can bring and what kind of connection can bring and what kind of cohesion it can bring. So I think most of those worries, though, they're always going to be more external, I think, than, than internal because the people here, they know what they go through. They know how they 
what they prepare for, and they know what they're talking about here and where the focus is. And some of them choose to share that with you all, and some of them don't. Uh, they share it with one another. Um, so no, I don't have any concerns about being a negative hangover or lingering effect. Zero. Glenn, how do you balance the playing time for a guy like Melky now? Do you have a conversation with him? You bring some young guys up and want to see them in the outfield, or how do you approach that? If I had time for every conversation that you guys would want me to have, I'd show up at 9 and leave at 12 every night. Again, I don't think you give players enough credit for what goes on. He's been in the big leagues 14 years. He knew what he signed up for when he got here. He's been through seasons, through trading deadlines before he's been traded. He's not been traded. He sees the arena. The arena. He sees Reynolds, an emerging player. He sees Marte in center. He knows Pablo Reyes. He's pretty much already got this figured out, and we will touch base on it when it's appropriate time and when I have the time. Absolutely. Speaking of having the time, the two-day suspension, how does that impact your day today, tomorrow? How does that look for yeah, you? Yeah, I won't be able to talk to any players after 6.45. I'll have to leave the, I gotta leave the clubhouse. I leave the, the, the dugout. I'll head up maybe the baseball ops suite and watch the game. That's how it affects my time. I got a chair next to me. So I have, I have full, <laughs> I have half work days, I guess is what it's called, you know, until game time, and then I'm, I've got to get out. And that's the same for tomorrow as well? Yes. You don't have to leave the building? What's that? You don't have to leave the building? No. Oh. Frenzy acting manager? Yes. Do you have a second-in-command rise up behind him? What's the... Yes. <laughs> Who is that, just in case we get stuck? Prince argues balls and strikes. You'll find out when it happens. <laughs> well, we had Jeff Heckler running in. Yeah, you did. Sometimes you can run into those things. Yeah, absolutely. It yeah. It helps you to know. Well, you'll you'll see when it happens. Okay. Then you'll know. All right. It was kind of like a Secretary of State becoming President situation. No? <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> Designated survivor. We've got some options down there. I want you to think through it with me, Mr. If you want to move a bench coach, do you want to move a positional third base coach or a first base coach? What's probably the easiest transition? Dave Jones. Dave Jones? You guys are so smart. Well done. We're good. We're good. Yeah, we're right. good. Right. Thank you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.